This week on Tea with Queen and Jay, we get into the stereotype of Asians as America's quote-unquote model minority, what that construct means to the white power structure that created it, and what it means to black folks like us. Then, after the break, a content warning for discussions of sexual assault as we talk about your rapey friends. It's Tea with Queen and Jay, people. Drink up. What the fuck is up? Nothing. What's up with you, girl? Nothing. You know, just in the house. Just you know in the how house. I do. You, you know, know how I do. <laughs> <laughs> so exciting. So in the house. Ooh. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so new. So different. Special. If y'all don't know what Jay is talking about, we are zooming so we can see each other. Oh, I wasn't talking about that. I was just talking about the fascination of still being in the fucking house for whatever week this is. But we are Zooming because normally we have been recording remotely since before quarantine. We were just like, hey, this don't look good. Let's just like start remote recording. But we were doing it with just audio because we wanted the sound to be good. So now we are still doing it that same audio way. But we added Zoom so that we could actually look at each other and have expressions and shit like that instead of feeling like we're sitting in a corona capsule just waiting (laughs) for death. Corona capsule. That's funny. Yeah, that's been my word. Everything is a fucking corona capsule. The bus, the train, the supermarket, everything is a fucking corona capsule. That don't sound good. That means you're trapped with the corona. I know. And it's I, like that's, exactly, exactly yeah, I know. that. Exactly that's, that. That's, that's, that's the fuck I, I mean. Yeah, that's, that's what I meant. I just felt like I was in here, trapped, waiting for death. There's this old Twilight Zone. Not super old, but like old, like not the new one. And mm-hmm. this guy is preparing. He's like, he sets up this bunker. He's preparing for like the apocalypse. And he's trying to get his daughter and like all his kids, his ex-wife to join him in this bunker. And they don't join. Something bad does happen. But they survive it, right? So they basically contain the area. So everybody in that area is presumed dead. They contain the area and the rest of society goes on. And this guy is down there living in the bunker and he's the only person there. And he thinks the the rest of the world is closed off and nobody knows that he actually survived and is in the bunker. Anyway, yes, that's how I felt podcasting. Remotely, not being able to see and you communicate visually. dramatic. <laughs> I was in a corona capsule in the quarantine and it was too much. And yes, I am glad to be Zooming. But you brought up Zooming because that's not what I was talking about. So (laughs) I blame you. I blame you. Welcome Welcome to to Tea with with Queen and Jay. We are two womanist race nerds talking talking shit over tea, dismantling white supremacist, patriarchal capitalism, one episode at a time. I'm Queen. I'm Jay. And this is Tea with Queen and Jay. And... Ramadan Mubarak to everyone who's observing Ramadan and everyone who's not. Hey. You deserve a Ramadan Mubarak too. I fuck with it. I fuck with it. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> What's the appropriate response? Ramadan Kareem. Okay. Ramadan Kareem. Yeah. Thank that you so much. You do. It's fucking May. April said bye. Wasn't mm-hmm. that a fast April? No, nigga. You are enjoying quarantine. (laughs) It flew by because you have all these things going on. You have a whole schedule and you're living your best life. We established that and we're happy for you. But do not be be like, girl, 
April flew by. It did <laughs> not. It did not flew by. It did not. It did it not. I will. Like, I will say. March was long as March was two years long. That was before you figured out your personal schedule. No, March is always the longest month to me. Okay. It's when there's no breaks for school, so mm-hmm. I have to work every single day. Got it. <laughs> so it's always the longest month for okay. me. Okay. And as long as hell. Well, but anyway. So was April. <laughs> nope, short. If you would like to follow the conversation being had on this here podcast. Podcast. You can do so by using our hashtag, hashtag T with QJ. We love when you use it on all the social meds. You can like it, retweet it. You can find other folks who listen to T with Queen and J on that hashtag as well. Another hashtag we love for you to use is pod in, and that is a now listen hashtag. And that allows other people to know you are listening to T with Queen and Jay. That's right. You can also send us your T-mail, questions, comments, other mundane shit or serious shit, questions about race, gender, fucking white supremacy, any fucking thing on your mind, some bullshit, a movie you like, whatever. Hit us up at T with Queen and Jay at gmail.com. Please address all bullshit to Jay. <laughs> I don't mind. You like candy questions and other type of bullshit too. You do. That's fun. You don't want fuckery. That's yeah. what you're talking about fuckery. Yeah, I don't want that. Keep the fuckery. Everybody Two can keep yourself. that. But I'll take keep some bullshit. Up. I'll take the bullshit. This is a Spotted Tea episode. Spotted Tea episodes just have less edits for us on our end, but still the same amazing dope ass show every episode we pour libations for the people places and things giving us black ass black joy queen what are you pouring libations for this week so i have two libations this week my first libations is for everyone who sent me condolences my uncle passed last week from the rona so my therapist actually suggested that i talk about it but i'm not mm-hmm. talking about things mm-hmm. so i posted it on social media so people could talk to me and i don't have to talk but i'm still like kind of like That's something happening right so that was really really helpful and um thank you for everyone who sent me condolences special thanks to terrell star t ray ray to ray ray he sent me a card that was really really nice and it was handwritten i like handwritten things mm-hmm. but you hardly see that um so yeah libations to everyone who sent libations. me the love yes. the prayers and the thoughts yeah. my second libation is for org. so they are a dance company nonprofit kind of organization and they are right now holding virtual dance classes and they're donation based mm. i took two of them last week one of them i really enjoyed the caribbean one was like mad good i took an afrobeats one i didn't really like that one i'm just going to mm-hmm. be honest with folks um so if you just go to their website, just go to the schedule and you'll see all of the classes for the weeks. They post, I guess, I'm assuming every Sunday and then you see what it is for the weeks and you can register for the classes. They do it on Zoom. It's really good is that if you've used Zoom before, if you never have, you can turn your video off so you can still feel like people aren't looking at you as you're on your journey of like being active or exercising. Mm-hmm. So there's still some privacy there. So I like that because I don't really like people looking at me. <laughs> So that is helpful. But yeah, it's it's it was it's good. Next week I have a twerk class and another Afrobeat class with another instructor. I figure mm-hmm. I try another instructor. Maybe I like the class. But no, I really I like it. I like I like to dance. I want to work out but in ways that aren't working out. Mm-hmm. It's just like we're having fun and this movement does this. Like I did the fucking butterfly. While working out, you know? So mm-hmm. that's my libations. We have the link in the show notes if you want to Try that out for That's your right. movement shit. Why didn't you like the um the Afrobeats class? 
She doesn't give directions well. It was just like, just look at me oh, <laughs> and do what okay. I do. Yeah. Whereas the other one was like talking and like, okay, we're going to go into this. And she mm-hmm. was just like. Jake see me but yeah she was just like ooh y'all in my house watching me dance and I was like it wasn't enough instruction yeah it wasn't enough instruction like people were like we can't see your feet she wasn't looking at the notes oh man that sounds very Teddy Riley (laughs) (laughs) she was living her best life to look at the the chat box everyone's like i can't see your feet what are your feet doing and i didn't even realize i couldn't see her feet because i was already so annoyed Mm -hmm. yeah i can't see your feet what the fuck are your feet doing that's funny so yeah i didn't really like that class the um caribbean one was really good though when she got to the soca though she was like kind of killing me Mm -hmm. because i don't have the knees i had right when i remember knees yeah i don't have those knees that i had in my 20s -hmm. but it was it's a good workout it was fun what are your libations jay um, what are my libations? I want to pour libations for, oh, we got good feedback. So I'm pouring libations for everybody who gave us good feedback, feedback about feedback, our audio. Feedback, yes. feedback. Bring okay. back to Janet. I didn't love that. I love Janet, but that, that wasn't She used to was playing in a bowl of Cocoa Puffs at the end of that. I remember that video. Yeah, not for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we got a lot of the positive feedback about our audio since we've been recording remotely. And um, I appreciate that shit. We are, again, I want to say we are recording remotely. Somebody was like, are y'all sure? Are you sure you're not together? And Look, we just that damn good, right? Right? <laughs> shit. Why can't black women be great? <laughs> Neither one of us is getting on a train to Brooklyn or Manhattan, we're I not seen the subway in the We're not getting in any Corona capsules, okay? Mm-hmm. We're not doing that. So yeah, so we have been remote. It has been a challenge, like I said. Like I, I really do actually need to be looking at somebody. It just feels better, and so I appreciated those affirming words. So thank you so much for that. Also, I wanted to pour libations for uh, Virginia. Thank you so much. And Carefree Black Girl, both of them actually sent me some cash. Yeah. Yes, for my work as a womanist race nerd. I was like, cash oh, money. what is this? I need yeah, this. Right? I definitely needed that That's shit. So dope. thank you so much. Yeah, I appreciate that, yo. Libations, libations, libations. Speaking of cash mm-hmm. love. Every week, we talk about how and why you can donate to Tea with Queen and Jay podcast. We do understand that we are in the midst of a global pandemic. We are. Like it's happening right now. People are protesting this shit because they're fucking weirdos. Fucking but. bonkers. <laughs> fucking bonks. We understand that we are all going through some shit right now. Some of us are just now having financial hardships. Some of us have been having it and some of us are not. So if you find yourself in a position where you cannot financially support Tea with Queen and J podcast, please know we understand that. If you are a patron right now and you need to adjust your pledge or cancel your pledge, we totally get that. Yeah. And there are a lot of different ways for you to support the podcast. So Queen, can you let us know how folks who can support us financially can do so and other ways that they can support Tea with Queen and J podcast and why. Yes. So donate to Tea with Queen and J to help sustain this podcast, progress this podcast and keep the lights on for this 
motherfucking podcast. Podcast. You can donate by going to our website, tbwithqueenandj.com. And if you slide down on our homepage, we have two options. Two. Our first option is our PayPal option. And that is where you can put however much you want in a pot, however many times you want in a pot. That is up to you, but there's no commitment there. And our second option is our Patreon option. And that is where we're asking for a little bit more commitment. We are asking for $2 a month. $2. You can give more. You can give less. That is up to you. But we are asking for $2 a month. We also have links to that in our show notes if that is easier and quicker for you to get to. Other ways that you could donate to Tea with Queen and Jay that don't cost you a dime. But my question a little time is... By subscribing to this podcast, wherever you're listening to this podcast, whatever app you're using, whatever thingy system, I don't fucking know. Subscribe to this podcast, hit the button, press follow, do that. Make sure you are rating and reviewing this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, CastBox, wherever you're listening to this podcast. Give us a star, give us a heart, leave a cute comment if you have time for that too. Tag us in those posts where people are asking for new podcasts. If you are a writer for a publication, write about me and Queen. I am Queen. I'm about to say me and Queen. Freudian. Write about me and Jay. Talk about this podcast. That'd be great. Another easy way is to just tell two friends. Tell two friends about this podcast. Don't keep this podcast to yourself because why be selfish? Like now is not the time. Now is not the time. Mm-hmm. So those are the ways that you can donate to Tea with Queen and Jay that don't cost you any money. That's right. If you'd like to sponsor Tea with Queen and Jay podcast, if you'd like to advertise with us, if you'd like to hear your ad on Tea with Queen and Jay, email us at teawithqueenandjay at gmail.com. If you'd like to hire us to speak at your school or organization about white supremacist, patriarchal capitalism, womanism, black feminism, black hair, or some shit you've heard us discuss on the podcast, or if you'd like us to do a live show, i.e. virtual show. Or consult you or your team, send us your team mail at teawithqueenandj at gmail.com. If you'd like to support us individually, we've included our Amazon wishlist links in the show notes. If you do not fuck with Amazon because they are the axis of evil, please do not feel pressured to purchase anything on our Amazon wishlist links. If you do fuck with Amazon, we ask that you respect all Amazon worker blackout dates. So May Day just passed and they had a big blackout. They asked that shoppers do not order from Amazon on May 1st. So that just passed and we hope that everybody respected that. And there will be more blackout dates coming up because Amazon is the axis of evil and routinely treats its workers poorly. It's everyone's problematic fave. That's right. So please, we ask that you respect any dates that workers ask that we do not patronize Amazon. That's real Oprah of you. You know that's my shit. (laughs) (laughs) We did get some donation libations this week. Queen, do you want to say who our Patreons are? Yeah, so new patrons. Celeste, Alexandra, up their pledge. Carmen, Anika, Tamika, Casey, Stephanie, Angelica, and Broobs up their pledge. 
Marie B. And Marie B says, y'all bring me so much joy every week. Thanks for being dope. That's Thanks right. Thanks all of you all Thank for you. becoming patrons. And the homie Broobs, be sure to check out their Instagram at Broobs. Broobs is a dope artist, so be sure to tap into their Instagram. We also had a bunch of people hit us on the PayPal this week. Thank you so much. Jasmine, we appreciate you. Greg, the homie, broke us off. Greg gave us three smiley faces, which I appreciate. Mm. They like the smiley faces with like the squinting eyes and like the teeth. I like that one. I like a teeth smiley face. And <laughs> Greg says, thank you too. <laughs> thank you, you Greg. too. And then Liz hit us on the PayPal and Liz says, long overdue and hoping to send more soon. Thank you for speaking truth and continuing to post a show weekly, even through this pandemic. Thank you so much, Liz. We appreciate that. And then Megan broke us off a grip and Megan says, long time listener, first time giver. I've been to two of your Juneteenth parties, so I wanted to finally donate during the time of Rona or Q7, or Quarantine Week 7, and say thank y'all for everything you think and talk and laugh about on this here podcast. It really matters. I've been tuning into every episode lately and appreciate the frankness and humor that y'all inject into your discourse. I hope we'll get a chance to drink and vibe again in real life. Thank you so much, Megan. We will drink and vibe again in real life. Yes, we fucking will, yo. Speak that shit into existence. Speak it. Speak it. <laughs> Speak it. <laughs> we want justice. We do, yo. Fuck. <laughs> we will be doing some shit for Juneteenth. Know that everybody's safety is top of mind. So if it will be too soon to gather into a room, which I kind of feel like it is, it is it's too May. soon, right? Okay, yeah. So that's we're right gonna now. go ahead. We're gonna go ahead and call that a wrap. But we will be <laughs> we will be doing some virtual shit. That's the plan right now. So um be available. June nineteenth is still yeah. a holiday. It is still mm-hmm. Juneteenth, and we will still be motherfucking celebrating. So Word. Thank you again, Megan. We appreciate you, yo. Yes, yes. Are you ready to get into the mother freaking show? I'm ready to do it. Okay. So, Jay, what kind of tea are you drinking today? I actually made myself some iced tea. Oh. Yes. Okay. Yes, I did. It was 78 okay. degrees outside uh, today. So, I heard I wasn't outside. The white people were outside <laughs> gathering in droves at Chelsea Pier. Yeah. Frolicking in packs. The city gave out 32 summonses. I'm like 32 when there was that many motherfuckers in those parks. Oh, did you see what was going on in Brooklyn, though? Yeah, of course. I, I live in Brooklyn. Oh, yes. yeah. Yeah. So they, they were giving out face masks. Chelsea Piers, they were giving yep. out face masks. Mm-hmm. Um, that, of course, were droves of white folks gathering, mostly just, without masks. Just like, it yeah. looked like a regular fucking day. Day. Yo. Like pre global pandemic, regular you day know outside. About? Those are the motherfuckers. Remember Independence Day and people went to go see the spaceship and they were like, ah, they went to see the spaceship and mm-hmm. then it blew all the motherfuckers up. Mm-hmm. Those are those motherfuckers. Mm-hmm. I didn't think they existed. Like, why would you go so close to this space, the spaceship? Yeah. But those are them motherfuckers. But no, in Brownsville, they decided to fight people and mm-hmm. arrest them mm-hmm. and all of this shit. But yeah. in Chelsea Pierce. Like Jay said, they just gave out masks and they gave out, in the 30s, summonses when there was like hundreds. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't like people outside. Mm-hmm. 
Interesting. Yeah, interesting and really upsetting because when we heard our Mayor de Blasio talking about how there would be law enforcement out monitoring groups and shit like that, I was immediately concerned about like what that would mean for black and brown people. And it's just really disturbing to have such an immediate like and visible contrast. Yeah. Like on the same weekend of how they treat people. Mm-hmm. So we predicted it, but I guess I I, I don't know why. Why? I don't know why a part of me thought that they were also maybe just going to be brutal to uh, white people outside, but I don't I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know I've been in here that. breathing my own air, okay? That's why I thought maybe. But yeah, it's just... Open the window, girl. Because all the signs were there. Like, we knew... Like, this is, this is almost like a parody. Like, this is what we knew was going to happen. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Like, you would think that there would be some sort of warning, like, hey... We know that you like to beat up black and brown people. Let's not approach this this way. To me, this was like the obvious thing that was going to happen. You know, I don't know. I'm I just. Know, I thought we were scared. I mean, we were like, look, just, just stay home, please. Because right, right. we know what this is going to look like. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It don't matter. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Supremacy is going to supremacy. Supremacy going to supreme. Anyway, yeah. sorry. Uh, what kind of tea? Oh, right. So I made iced tea. I made, uh, what is this? <laughs> Chamomile. Ginkgo chamomile iced tea because my bedtime is still in the morning. And so when we're done recording this, I'm going to bed. The ginkgo is for my brain and the chamomile is so that I can relax and go to sleep. Got it. What kind of tea are you drinking? I am drinking a ginger turmeric tea. Nice. And it tastes really good. I put too much agave in it though, but I live. I guess I wanted to feel like you made it. (laughs) Because you always put mad sweetener. I'm really heavy handed. It's agave. Anyway, what are your pronouns? She, her. What are your pronouns? She, her, they, them. And what are you affirming for yourself this week? I am affirming that I'm a bad bitch. I'm affirming that I'm enough. I also affirm that I will be self employed and financially wealthy without trauma. I affirm that I am well rested. My hair and fashions are popping. My body and mind are are healthy and that I will forever and always stunt on these hoes. That doesn't stop. Can't stop. Won't stop. That's right. Bad woman is for life. Right. Yeah. I affirm that I will find a healthy sex buddy that will add to my sexual pleasure. And I also affirm that I will still not even I will still, we will still have will. a fruitful yes. and abundant yes. 2020. Okay. Mm-hmm. We will. All right. What are you affirming for yourself, Jay? I affirm a life full of abundance, health, wealth, and financial stability. I affirm that I am not a lady. I am enough. My apartment is paid for. My rent is paid. I am productive. I'm self-employed. I'm paid. Opportunities are fruitful and bountiful without trauma. I affirm an earlier sleep schedule. Mm. What else? I affirm a brand new MacBook Pro with all the shits. Me and my loved ones are healthy. I affirm a new studio and workspace where we can record and work and be comfortable at our convenience post that Rona. Mm -hmm. And I affirm that I have an active and positive mind. You will get all that you affirm. I will get all of that shit, yo. I had one. It was one night this week. I went to bed at midnight. Went to bed. What? I was able to fall asleep. I went to bed at midnight. I got up for a little while at like like maybe 3 a.m. And then I went back to bed until 9. And I was up. I was like, oh, shit. It's morning. 
Okay. I had all and kind of I plans. slept the night away. Okay. I had plans. And I was like, well, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. So I like did some shit in the morning. No, Nine o'clock. Can't ten o'clock, turn back the hands of time. Eleven o'clock. Uh, what? I was singing that song when she was cheating. Okay. Eleven o'clock. I was like, this feels <laughs> weird. I went to bed. <laughs> As we lay. As we lay. I felt so weird. I was trying and I was like, I guess it's early enough. I could just take a nap and get back up in like an hour. Nope. I went back to bed for my regular time. I got up in the afternoon, the late afternoon. Look, time is a construct. It okay? is. It is. Okay. I'm I'm cool with it. I'm accepting it. Um, but mm. I was excited about the possible shift, but We'll see. We'll get there. Yeah, it takes time. It takes time. Mm-hmm. You know, mentally you're going through a lot, so don't beat yourself up about it. Dude. This is what it is. We're in a pandemic. I'm going through it. Okay. Like, this is weird. It's weird for everybody. So, mm-hmm. for the most part, I've, I've like, been okay. But it's, like, that I'm fine kind of okay thing. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm fine. Like, I'm fine. Like, I'm like, doing... Yeah, but like, like nigga, are, right? Like, but nigga, like, are you okay? I am not. I am not okay. I am not fucking okay. I matched with somebody on Tinder, and he was like, "Oh, how's it going?" Da, 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 da. And we had this like slightly, like, I guess, positive banter or whatever the fuck. And then I forgot. I was like, "Oh, this guy messaged me yesterday. I had to have to get back to him." He didn't message me yesterday. He messaged me a week ago. Okay, but it felt like yesterday. It felt like it had just. I was like, "Yo, it's been a whole week." So I was like, sorry about that. You know, time is fucking speeding by and dragging at the same time. Also, I think he had asked me if I'm okay. I was like, also, I'm 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 not handling this well. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not. I'm doing all the things. Like I'm like moving about and like doing the things, but mm-hmm. um am I myself? I am not. I'm not. Mm-hmm. I am not. So And that's actually fine <laughs> right going through no it is pandemic. right so right ultimately like i am fine you know what i'm saying but yeah. also a part how of fine that can you be during a pandemic yeah. like <laughs> like i am not fine bro i am not fine Unless my dog like is not fine Trump. we're not so. fine yeah why is she so this week I don't know if you caught it. We posted it on our socials. We were on The Grapevine again. And for those of you who don't know, The Grapevine is a panel show comes on YouTube featuring black folks talking about shit that affects us and our community. So this episode that we were on was focusing on the relationship between the black and Asian community. Your face. Yeah, the was. topic, yeah, it, it was. was. So the topic came about, I think most recently, why they chose to discuss this now kind of stemmed from the xenophobia that has come about due to the coronavirus. So like, mm-hmm. we, we know that there has been xenophobia against the Asian community yeah, for so like a, a long time. Right, right. So there's been the heightened levels of xenophobia. The president, of course, calling it the China virus, China virus. the Chinese virus. Then you have folks on social media talking about... Y'all still eating Chinese food? Right. That shit. (laughs) And saying that it came from Chinese folks eating bat soup and like... We'll see if you're in a nail salon after this. (laughs) A whole bunch of foolishness. (laughs) 
<laughs> a lot of foolishness. A lot of foolishness. Oh, so funny. Personally, I think this is a topic I've that... I've never got my nails done by a Chinese person. Sorry. <laughs> Say that. that is funny. They're like always for another Asian person. Right. In my experience. Right. Everyone's like, the Chinese. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Racism. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I think this is a topic that they would have covered on Grapevine eventually, but Mm -hmm. this was, I think, a good time to have this kind of dialogue. I don't. I don't know if it was a good time because it was like a lot of stuff that I don't know. It. It. It was. When is it a good time to talk about? It was. It was a time. We had a time. It was definitely a time. I think we focused a lot on coronavirus shit and kind of this current era of xenophobia that's popping off and this current era of the relationship between Asians, East Asians in particular, and the black community here in the U.S. Mm -hmm. We didn't cover, I think, maybe some longstanding history. It's been touched. It was touched on, but not too heavily. But we're going to leave the link to the episode in the show notes so that you can watch the full episode. But we wanted to talk about a few things that took place that came about in this dialogue. You can follow now. Like if you didn't watch it, it's fine. You'll be able to keep up. If Mm -hmm. you want to stop and go ahead and watch it, you can do that too. But either way, you'll be able to follow along whether you choose to watch it now or later or whatever you decide. So... During the conversation, one of the panelists brought up the model minority myth, was it the phrase, model minority myth, Myth, right? The term model minority has been used to describe Asians in the U.S. as the ideal immigrant group. Yeah. The ideal immigrant group in contrast to what white people perceive to be threat immigrant groups or, or yeah. groups of minorities who are others and who don't belong and who don't make the best of their quote unquote opportunity in America, who don't take advantage of the American dream. Yeah. And so that's just kind of like my loose description of it. And then I'm going to give what Wikipedia says it is. And then we're going to talk about some of what came up during our conversation on the panel. The reason why we're talking about it now is because I felt like I had an understanding of what the model minority was or what that concept Mm -hmm. was. And then once we started talking about it, I was like, what the fuck is happening right now? So that's why we're talking about it now, because what the fuck is happening? You don't have to put on the gaslight. (laughs) (laughs) So according to Wikipedia... The model minority is a demographic group, whether based on ethnicity, race, or religion, whose members are perceived to achieve a higher degree of socioeconomic success than the population average. This success is typically measured relatively by educational attainment, representation in managerial and professional occupations, and household income, along with other socioeconomic indicators such as low criminality and high family-slash-marital stability. The concept is controversial as it has historically been used to suggest there is no need for government action to adjust for socioeconomic disparities between certain racial groups. This argument has most often been applied to contrast Asian Americans, both East and South Asians, against African Americans and Hispanic Americans in America, enforcing the idea that Asian Americans are good, law-abiding, productive immigrants slash citizens while promoting the stereotype that blacks and African Americans are criminally prone and welfare dependent immigrants slash citizens. Okay. So that is Wikipedia's explanation of model minority. Mm -hmm. I don't remember on the panel if I used the language model minority. I think I may have used that, but I made a comment 
talking about the ways in which a lot of Asian Americans align themselves with toxic whiteness. Mm-hmm. And one of the panelists responding mentioned the quote model minority myth, at which point I let them finish. And then I interjected and, and was like, myth? When, when you say myth, like, what do you mean? It's not uncommon for it to be referred to as a myth. We're going to play a clip of Kim, who was one of the panelists on this episode of The Grapevine, kind of respond to what they mean by the model minority myth. The model minority myth is actually something that was created and then strengthened by legal policy, right? So Japanese Americans were incarcerated or interned just for being Japanese during World War II. And they're the only group to have ever had that happen. Like there was not even a guise of false criminality. They were just locked up. And then afterward, we had this move to really think about how do we create the image of the model citizen? And it was actually deliberately created because you see people who do not fit within that myth at all. Cambodian and Hmong people live at poverty at greater rates than Latinx and Black folks, Mm -hmm. right? So there's this idea that the model minority thing is like essential, it's inherent that we just have more money and more privilege at the same time that we see that population actually being created by immigration policy in the United States. The United States has decided that the only Asian people who can come to this country should have a degree. Mm -hmm. Like, that's it. They have to be highly educated and skilled. And so that's who we see. Because when you look at Asia, it's not entire continent of rich people with, you know, master's degrees. Right. 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 So the people who come here have been created by American policy to hold that kind of privilege. And then when we try to like do research on Asian Americans, we never talk about poor Asians. We never talk, that family in Texas that was stabbed was Burmese. Mm -hmm. We never disaggregate the data so that when you look at it, like if you're a Vietnamese or a Cambodian young man in Richmond, California, you're getting picked up by the police as much as black folks. But we actually never pull apart those numbers. And so we never actually get a chance to see that the model minority myth, one, is not true, and two, has been structurally created mm-hmm. by American policy. So what I felt like Kim gave was an explanation of how the concept of a, of a model minority came exactly. to be. Yeah. And I feel like what I was talking about and what we were talking about since we were there as a panel of Black folks talking to a group of Asian panelists, not that we were mm-hmm. in some sort of coalition versus or whatever, but there were Asian folks on the panel who were not typically there. Yeah. So I, I thought that we were having this group conversation as Black folks, as Asian folks about these issues and how how we relate to one another in these issues, right? Yeah. And so for mm-hmm. me, I understand to Kim's point that the concept of a model minority is not this exists it's not that asians are superior asians are the better immigrant or the better population of minority group or as a black person i don't believe that asians are they are wealthier they are smarter all of these stereotypes that are built into the model minority myth right the aspect of it that i was talking about was the fact that because asians are seen by white folks as the model minority group whether justified or not, 
There is a privilege that comes along with that. There is an access to whiteness that comes along with Mm -hmm. that. And there are Asians who buy into that, lean into it, and oftentimes when I'm talking about a racist experience and racist encounter that I've had, if you live in a city that has, like, in New York... It's not like we're like everybody is here. There are Asians here. I remember my cousin came from Florida. Two of my cousins were here from Florida and they were like, wow, there's a lot of Asians here. And I was like, what? So I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. Like what that that looks like. I don't know what that looks like outside of New York. I don't know what that looks like in cities that are not urban. I grew up like where New York is an alleged melting pot or whatever the fucking fuck. Like we're, we're all here. Even if we live in segregated communities, like we're here, it's not uncommon for me to be in community with Asian Americans. Yeah. So when I encounter Asian Americans in my age group, in my financial demographic, oftentimes I am encountering white aligned Asian folks who treat me as if I am inferior, act superior to me at work, do all the... All of the racist shit that white folks leverage against me in the work environment, day to day, at the supermarket, wherever the fuck, oftentimes I have those similar experiences with Asian folks or the white people doing the racist shit are there with their Asian friends or their Asian friend is there blending in as a white person and is the spokesperson for whatever racist shit is going down. So it's this kind of alignment with toxic whiteness and so that's what i was referring to when i was talking about the model minority and then there was this whole in the conversation that we were having it was this explanation of like the origins of what the model minority Minority. myth quote unquote where that came from and Mm -hmm. i felt like in the context of the conversation i was talking about my experience with it as a black person and what happens and what it plays out, how it plays out, yeah. what are the effects of this thing? Right. This is how I suffer from this thing. This thing you that know? exists, this thing that's yes. a real thing to me. And it's not happening to me because I believe that Asians are this model minority who doesn't experience oppression or anything like that. It's happening to me because I believe that there are Asians who buy into this myth of white superiority that yeah. includes them. Mm-hmm. And so I also feel like in the conversation that we were having, because so many things have to do with our relationship to whiteness, mm-hmm. our as in like all minorities, right? Which I don't usually use that language, but for the context of this like model minority kind of language that we're using, like yeah, minorities, people of color, I feel like oftentimes... When we speak to these things, we're speaking, or to anything, we're speaking in response to whiteness. So I felt like the response that I was getting about what the model minority, quote, myth is, was what it means to white people, right? that's the answer they should have gave a white person. Exactly. a black motherfucker. Exactly. So they're talking about, okay, well, this is not real. Like, because the model minority myth is there to say... Asian folks are taking jobs from white people. Asian folks yeah. are, they're finding mm-hmm. success that white people should have. Asian folks are doing, that's, that's what the myth that's is. The myth means. is that yes. they're doing all of these things and attaining all of these things that white folks are resentful of, that white folks feel like they shouldn't have because they're here in this country taking all of this and thriving in ways that white people should be thriving. And so to me, that's that's the myth that I feel like they were speaking to. Like, yeah, yeah. I don't I don't think that you're, 
taking any jobs from me or white people or that you're any less deserving of success than myself or Mm -hmm. whatever white person you think took their spot or took their position. I don't think those things. Mm -hmm. I think oftentimes there are Asian people, even though there are folks who work in solidarity with black folks, there are Asian people who lean into and buy into toxic whiteness and leverage that against me as a black woman, as a black person. And I felt like at that table, even though I feel like the panelists, a lot of the Asian panelists that they had there were, I, I, it sounded as if they were versed in some level of liberation and social justice. It still felt like they were they not were, reading but the verse room. But that and themselves. Say that again? They're versed with that within themselves. I don't mm-hmm. think they're thinking about it on the scope of everyone. Like, I think they understand liberation as it, uh, as it connects to Asian American people. And mm-hmm. I think that's what made the conversation kind of just stop where it was or create that disconnect mm. because I could speak for you and I, when we talk about liberation, yes, we're, you know, we're centering black folks, but we mm-hmm. know that when you liberate black folks, you just liberate everyone else. Right. And I don't think that they're, I don't think that they were at that understanding. And I think that's why that disconnect was there. It was like, we're talking about our Asian American liberation mm-hmm. and that's the extent of, what I know. Mm-hmm. And I know that you black people have been doing this for a long time in this country. So I'm not going to just completely omit you from the conversation. But I think they only really understand or only really center their liberation. And that's what created, for me anyway, that big ass disconnect in that conversation. They only really are fighting for the liberation of Asian um, American people they're only fighting for that mm-hmm. so of course there's there's going to be that disconnect of course it's going to be like them just kind of just stopping there and only know how to like talk about Asian liberation through their gaze and not even like mm-hmm. acknowledge the fact that I am talking to black people who have also experienced anti-blackness mm-hmm. from us like right. that like they didn't even want to fucking touch that shit and that was mm-hmm. a part that was like really grinding my gears because mm-hmm. they were being for me anyway there was so much anti-black stuff happening in that conversation that they weren't even conscious about presenting or that it wasn't even their intent to be anti-black but it's just so engraved in mm-hmm. the cloth of everything that they were presenting that shit to me and i'm just supposed to just sit there and take that in and not say anything or be mm-hmm. nice about it or whatever the fuck like that what what did you feel like was anti-black there was one person, I don't um, remember her name, but she just had like this really long Michelle. thing of Michelle, thank you. Just trying to like explain why Asian folks have been horrible to black folks in this country. Mm-hmm. And it's like, we don't need a why. Right. We know why. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, don't blame it on imagery on television. Don't bl- like all of these fucking excuses, just like a long list of excuses. Mm-hmm. Then there was another person, I think her name was Kara, who like, was kind of, to me, blaming it on the education system to say that if I had known that, um, I can't remember the person's name she brought up, but it was someone who was one of, I guess, she presented as one as oh. one of Malcolm X's. Yeah, I think it's Yuri Kochiyama. All right, thank you. Mm-hmm. And she said she was at a talk with Angela Davis, and Angela Davis had said that Yuri Kochiyama, one of Malcolm X's, I guess, advisors at the time, mm-hmm. there's a She's also photo. She a 60s civil rights activist. There was a photo, jump in if I'm saying this incorrectly, okay, Jay? Mm -hmm. It was like a photo that she was like cut out of where she was like holding Malcolm X's head when he was assassinated. Yeah, basically, 
basically, I think Kara was saying um, that she was involved in the civil rights movement. She was involved in the civil rights movement. She was friends with Malcolm X. She was present in the ballroom. Uh, was it the Autumn Bomb ballroom? Yeah, I think, yeah. Where Malcolm X was shot. She was there. Kara said that she was holding his head when he was shot. I've never seen that image. It doesn't mean that it doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. But I believe I, I believe that that's what Kara said. But regardless, her point was that she was there. She was present. She was in yeah. the photo. And it's kind of the lack of the education system not presenting black people and Asian American folks together in this like liberation mm-hmm. journey. Why? Mm-hmm. If, if that was presented in that way. Like how come we've she, never seen that photo basically? Is what yeah. She's but also like how come she's never seen it? Mm-hmm. But like trying, I think what she was trying to do was like use the argument of like the education system erasing certain things mm-hmm. so that we can create solidarity within right. each other. And that made me upset. She also mentioned Spike Lee not including that in the film. In the Malcolm X film. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that made me upset because it was like, I don't ever have to see the media present black and Asian American solidarity for me to mm-hmm. ever empathize or ever speak up or say anything about the oppression of an Asian American person or an Asian person. Like, what the, like, why do you need that? One. Mm-hmm. And then two, why do y'all keep giving me all these excuses about why y'all don't feel connected to black people and why you're anti black? Like, mm-hmm. it was just like a long list of excuses, excuse after excuse after excuse. White people created this. Yes, we know that. We all said this at the top of the episode. Like, we get that. Mm-hmm. But then it was just this long list of excuses and no accountability right. about their no ownership and their participation in anti-blackness mm-hmm. at all. And mm-hmm. that that just like yeah made me really angry during the conversation. When she first mentioned the absence or erasure of Yuri Kochiyama mm-hmm. and basically that she wishes that she had known, that she wished that she had seen her or learned about that in school instead of like discovering it years later, like as an adult. Mm-hmm. When she first said that, it reminded me of when you talked about how you wish that you had seen queer black folks like you wish that you had known about the queer black folks who were involved in the civil rights movement, like the Mm -hmm. presence of other queer black people in our history that is so routinely erased. Mm -hmm. But I said it on grapevine. Yeah. You've said it before, but yes, when you said it on grapevine, yes. Mm -hmm. Um, So initially when she said that, what I was thinking about was what it would have meant for a child to see themselves in a place where they didn't expect to see themselves. Mm-hmm. So that is, that's how I took it. I understood what you were saying when you were challenging it, but that's how I took it initially, which is why I wasn't initially offended by it. But then when we talked about it later, you said something that I thought was interesting. Yeah, it was just like, read the room. So I, I was specifically, when we talked about it later, I was specifically talking about when I mentioned it, when I was on another Grapevine panel. And I was like, I was talking to a group of other queer folks like I was having I knew my audience I knew who I was talking to I'm also a queer person like I think it would be faulty to be like a straight person or not really gauging who you're presenting this information to Mm -hmm. or not really realizing that your intent might be this one thing but because you're talking to a group of marginalized people or people that you have more privilege than that that might land in a totally different way regardless of your intent so like kind of like read the room like we're having a conversation about or we are supposed to be having a conversation about anti-blackness and after hearing for myself after hearing 
many, 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 many excuses. And then you give this Malcolm X antidote as to like, if you saw this, you could have been more connected or whatever. That's how I interpreted it. It was mm-hmm. just like, no, <laughs> like, cause mm-hmm. that's not something I need. That's not something that I don't think a lot of black folks needs. Cause we tend to, even when we are fucking, cause we're not perfect. So we're going to be anti other people. We're going to be mm-hmm. anti queer. We're going to like that exists in blackness. So I'm not saying that, but I do feel like at least in my experience that a lot of us still can empathize when we see like oppression happening to other people because we've been so fucking oppressed. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like I, we don't need to like connected or like, I don't know. The way that she saw that connection wasn't something that made sense to me or something that I needed to be presented to me at that time after a long list of excuses as to why your motherfuckers are anti-black. Like, I didn't mm-hmm. need that mm-hmm. at mm-hmm. all. Right. That shit blew my <laughs> It did. Right. You were also saying earlier, you talked about construct versus a myth. So that was another thing that I said to them because they kept saying that modern minority myth, modern minority myth. Even after you was like, oh, excuse me, I need to what? <laughs> like you mm-hmm. even interjected a few times because it was like, this is doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I felt like I was watching us being gaslit and mm-hmm. nobody like if I didn't ask, what are you talking about? Like. Like, we were all just supposed to accept that as fact. Yeah. Like, that the model minority model minority concept is a myth and that that's supposed to be common knowledge. And I know that when it's discussed, it is often discussed as a myth. Like, it is supposed to be common knowledge that it's a myth. Like, that's yeah. just what it is. Mm-hmm. That is, like, a, a, yeah. a mode of study. Like, if you're woke, you're supposed to accept that the model minority concept is a myth and that's just it. And I And yeah. I feel like... It's hard for me to separate my experience with Asian folks leaning into that myth and aligning themselves with toxic whiteness. It's hard for me to separate the benefits that they experience due to that myth from mm-hmm. um, the benefits that they experience due to that myth are not fake. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Those that's, are real that's, tangible that's, things yeah, that, that, that often happen at yes, at the lot. expense of it's very real black for folks me. and other like black and brown, other marginalized people. Exactly. But, and that shit yeah. is really real for me. So mm-hmm. like when we were talking about it before we were recording, I'm like, they need to understand that there's a construct. Like use the word construct, I think would be a safer word and a better word. Mm-hmm. Because it is. It's a construct. It's something created. It's like race is a construct. Yes, something created that. But it's still very real. I still feel race. You know, I wouldn't be calling myself a race nerd if that shit was a myth. You you know, like, it's Mm -hmm. it's still very real. And I think that when you attach a word like myth, which means something that is not real at all. Yeah. You're doing a disservice Mm -hmm. to the people who are not privileged in accordance to whatever this construct is you're telling me that this stuff is not real Mm -hmm. when i know that if there's a room of pocs they're more likely going to pick probably the asian person because Mm -hmm. of this whole model minority myth so that's limited access to me which is very real even though that construct is something constructed by white supremacy Mm -hmm. you know so it's just like i understand that white people created that shit and that it was that's a systematic thing, but that shit is still very real when it comes to people who are on the outside of whatever that model minority construct mm-hmm. 
makes and provides for Asian Americans, especially the Asian Americans that lean into that shit. That's why you and who and who looked the part, right? So that yes. also means light skin. That also means yes. features that are lighter. Noses that are not necessarily like round and wide. Yes. Lips that are thin and thin. aligned with whiteness. Mm-hmm. Skin that is not brown. We know that there are large groups of people within the Asian community who have brown skin. So yeah, there's black Asian people. Of course. So there's a certain type of Asian that is allowed the access and allowed the privilege, quote unquote, of leaning into that concept. And, and that's what... I'm more speaking about when I talk about um, those who are able to align themselves with toxic whiteness and participate in it. Yeah, totally. Throughout that conversation, I just felt gaslit and angry. And I felt like I was hearing different things than everyone else. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Because it was like, this woman just said that TV depicts us in this ways, and then people come here and think that, which mm-hmm. is not something I'm far removed from. I've heard that before, but like, right. you're talking to black people. Like, you don't, like, what is this list, this laundry list of fucking excuses as to why you're anti black? Like, mm-hmm. what? The mm-hmm. fuck? Mm-hmm. That was, I, I, ooh, just weird. Mm-hmm. And then they call them shit myths. Then you bring up Malcolm X, and you know, Malcolm X is like my other father. Mm-hmm. So, like, <laughs> what <laughs> mm-hmm. the heck it mm-hmm. was just like does anyone see this like what yeah. is ha- what uh- i was still trying to process that whole myth shit i couldn't i heard i heard the anti-blackness and i heard the excuses of television and shit and i was like you know what I, i'm just like she was going on and on like she was, on on. Like she was just talking for so long and then finally ashley was like okay i'll be have to speak and i'm like she just said a whole fucking seven minute thing of all of the reasons why these motherfuckers are anti-black and i had to sit here and listen to that shit fuck that and fuck all of Mm y'all like (laughs) what (laughs) i didn't opt in i didn't opt in to have a conversation about why you're anti-black right i I don't i could have just went to the fucking hair supply store even though it shut down (laughs) i didn't have like (laughs) really this is what I'm spending my time on? No. Mm-mm. That shit had me heated. I ain't like that. You said something else when we talked about this, about the way that the model minority myth was demonstrating itself within that panel. Yes. I felt this deeply. And I didn't know how to articulate it in a way, because I can't be ignorant when it comes to asian americans and asian east asian culture in general like mm-hmm. i can be mm-hmm. so i didn't know how to articulate it in a way at that moment right that wouldn't come out like something crazy mm-hmm. or something ridiculous rather um but i felt like other black people other black people in the conversation were being like extra nice and extra graceful and not even really like realizing the violence that was happening in the conversation mm-hmm. because it was model minority folks saying right. it. So here are people who the media has taught us are not very threatening, are mm-hmm. not violent. Stereotypes. Yeah, the, these are stereotypes. But, mm-hmm. the, you know, media tells us these things that, you know, you, you don't have to be scared of an Asian American person. They're safe. Um, mm-hmm. They're safe. They don't mean any harm, Mm -hmm. you know, like all of this stuff. And I felt like that was 
playing out in that conversation. I feel like if we had that conversation with other motherfuckers, if it was just us having a conversation and let's mm-hmm. say other black folks were saying these things that these Asian American folks were saying, mm-hmm. I think there would have been way more back and forth. Mm-hmm. There would have been, I think, a little more aggression. I think they would have been a little more upset about certain things being said. Mm-hmm. Like, there are times where Jimmy say some wild anti-black shit and everyone is like, yo, ah, ah, no, he dead, right? <laughs> <laughs> Often, and everyone mm-hmm. is like, uh-uh, uh-uh, no, no. And you, like, see the emotion, hear the emotion, all of that stuff. None of that was happening for this conversation, and I really feel like it was because people are... We're still feeding into that mono minority thing and not wanting to, I guess, be aggressive or I guess be loud or I guess be angry at mm. these harmless mono minority folks, you know? Right. Do you think when you say that uh, if it was just black folks in the conversation that people would have been more aggressive, do you think that that's a symptom of us feeling comfortable just talking to each other? However, like, totally. Yeah, I could I can see that and I don't know everyone who was in a conversation's histories or right. like their relation to Asian American folks and or comfort levels or anything like that. So mm-hmm. this is obviously just my my theory, you know, mm-hmm. cuz I don't know people's lives and things like that, but I ain't know those people either. And these are people who debate and have been on the show. It's not like any of the black folks in that conversation were black mm-hmm. folks who are not always on that show. Right. This is what they do. They know mm-hmm. what they come here for. We come here to fucking talk about different views. I've mm-hmm. seen so many conversations get like way heated when people are saying similar anti-black things. Mm-hmm. But I'm guessing because it's just other black folks, they can like emote mm-hmm. and like receive information i don't know maybe it was being gaslit so much that i didn't realize what was i don't fucking Mm -hmm. know but it was just interesting to me that for me all of this anti-black shit is happening and like everyone seems okay i don't know it's just yeah everybody there there were a few moments where i was like so we're not gonna nobody's gonna ask about um we're not we're just gonna act like Okay. There were moments when I felt like that, but also, do you think that it's possible that things were more tame or that folks didn't get as quote unquote aggressive or challenge things as much because we were doing it over Zoom instead of in person? I feel like, I don't don't know. I don't know those people. Um, (laughs) I don't know. I feel like people feel safer when they're not in the same room. Right. So you are more likely to like be a little more gangster because mm-hmm. you don't have to see them after the show or whatever, not like that. But I don't know. That shit was just weird to me. I was just like, mm-hmm. "What the fuck?" I put on I put on a bra for this. Yeah. The fuck? Mm-mm. Yeah. Nah. And when yeah, I'm I had angry, on one too. it was upsetting. When I'm angry, my bra starts to feel tighter. <laughs> <laughs> so it's getting tighter and tighter and tighter. <laughs> Oh, that's funny. Overall, I thought it was a good conversation. I was disappointed that I was watching myself be gaslit. There were moments I felt alone in that gaslighting where mm-hmm. I was like, no, nobody else. I did too. I, mm-hmm. I'm, 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 I'm grateful that you are there with me when we do mm-hmm. this because mm-hmm. 
I was like, wait, what's happening? Then when you was like, wait, 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 wait. what is a model minority? I was like, okay. Mm-hmm. I'm myth. Not what's the model, what's minority? model minority? Myth. myth. Yeah. I was like, whew. I felt like released because I was like, okay, I'm not bugging. Right. Like, <laughs> Mm-hmm. okay whew. you know so I, I appreciate the fact that we do that together because i don't know what that conversation could have been for me had you not been like excuse excuse me mm-hmm. um <laughs> i call i'm gonna call you bullshit <laughs> yeah i just want to know God. what was going on because that caught me way off guard it especially caught me off guard because the tone was set that like okay a few of these people are like woke tm right so like you know, I know Grapevine likes to mix it up, and every now and then you have somebody on there who's just like, oh, okay, you just like, you're racist. A doofus. <laughs> yeah, you're a fucking racist doofus. <laughs> so I was relieved that it seemed like none of the new people on the panel that day were like, nobody was there to be the racist doofus. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So I was yeah. like, okay, that's cool. So this is going to be like an actual conversation. Like, okay. So I was shocked. When it was when it was happening, and I was shocked when the conversation of model minority did not include the fact that I was speaking from a place of like oppression and my experiences of anti-blackness. You know what I'm saying? And the yeah. response ended up being to like the way that white people talk about the model minority, and that's not what we were doing. So yeah, so it threw me it threw me like way off guard. So I, I guess I guess. It was enlightening to me because I did not expect, quote unquote, woke people to call it a myth. And I just didn't expect that to happen. So it was it was a learning experience Mm -hmm. because I didn't I didn't expect that to happen. And even though I have in retrospect, I have heard because, you know, we're we're race nerds. So we read shit. We listen to podcasts. whatever. I have Mm -hmm. heard it be talked about as a myth in the past. But I guess for me. Hearing it in response to me talking about anti-blackness that I experienced at the hands of white aligning Asian folks, mm-hmm. it just put it in like a new like perspective. Like I'm I'm talking about a very specific thing and you're talking about like the white people that started this myth. You know what I'm saying? You're talking yeah. about like the white people that created this, that, that the laid the foundation was more for this. Yes. When yes. that happened. Yeah. Like, I felt well, like, like, yeah. like, do you see me? Like, did you, did you hear what I just said? I said, yeah. We're talking about, we're talking about like the relationship. That's the other thing. We're talking about the relationship between the black and Asian community, the Asian and black community. We're talking about our relationship. Why are you bringing up white shit? Yeah. Yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. Talk about its origins of the construct. I appreciate that. But like. Did you hear what I said? Yeah, it made me feel like they're used to having these conversations with white with people. With white people, yes. Not with us. And that's why I'm like, read the fucking room. Mm-hmm. Read the mm-hmm. room. You are talking to black people. Yeah. Don't use your white rhetoric. Mm-hmm. That's not mm-hmm. going to fly over here. Right. Well, like, gaslighting included, I thought that it's a lot of valuable dialogue in that conversation. So I would suggest that everybody check it out. If you haven't already, we'll put the link to that in the show notes and you can let us know what you think about that episode. We don't read the comments or I don't read the comments under the YouTube video. So oh, I read um, them on this one. People. Oh, you like, did. Queen is rude. <laughs> okay. okay. Wow. <laughs> I almost did it. But I was like, don't don't be in here trying new shit. You're in here by yourself. This is not the time yeah, to deviate really from the plan. It's do really not, not do not deviate. I usually from the don't plan. read them. Something just told me. I'm like, let me see what they said. It was mm-hmm. just like, Queen is real. She was cutting her off. She was being uh, racist. It was your t- <laughs> and it was your turn. 
No, I was cutting her off after when she oh, was trying afterwards. to explain whatever. Oh. No, I want to hear nothing you guys say. I heard all of y'all for all the time. Big yeah. anti-black. You sh- you be yeah. quiet. <laughs> yeah. For the rest of the debate. So, watch that shit. The link is in the show notes. And let us know what you thought. Because I'm curious. <laughs> <laughs> you want to take a break? Yeah, let's take a break. Okay, cool. Money, money, money. <laughs> money! Do you know what this year is? What every year is all about? Yeah, but like... Giving black women year. your money. Yes. So Give okay. black women your money. Hashtag pay black women, okay, yo. Okay, okay. So, so how do they... Give black women their money? Well, they can start by giving us their money. Oh, yes. Yes. We do this dope-ass Women is Race Nerd podcast every motherfucking week. Every week. Sometimes twice um, a week. Yeah, yo. (laughs) And we could use your loving motherfucking donations. Um, We definitely can. Absolutely. So, how can you do that? You can go to our website. Yo. TWithQueenandJay.com. Hit that donate tab. Mm -hmm. We have two options there. Two! Two! You become a patron. Or you can just donate through PayPal. Yep. You choose. We mm-hmm. give you a choice That's right. on how you give us money. That's right. If you want to donate via Patreon, we're asking all of our listeners to break us off $2 a month. That's $24 a year. And if everybody who listens does that shit, we will have everything that we need to do everything we want to do for this podcast. Everything. And if you love us so much that you want to break us off a one-time donation, a multiple-time donation, or if you don't like the the once-a-month kind of system, you can go to our PayPal and give us any amount of money. We will take that shit. We will love that shit. We will appreciate that we shit. we will use that shit. That's right. So once again, teawithqueenandj.com. Hit the donate tab and choose your donation method of choice oh my god we're gonna get money again <laughs> all the time yes and we're black oh that was different right all the time okay threw me off speaking of shenanigans speaking of shenanigans content warning for sexual violence sexual assault i'm not gonna go into any graphic detail about rape We will be talking about accusations of rape and sexual assault. Again, no graphic details about rape. I will be explaining a sexual assault, but I will give warning before I tell that story. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it's not my own. It's a retelling of someone else's story. Yeah. That was shared publicly on social media. Yes. Okay. So that is the content warning. Feel free to stick around if you can. And we understand if you need to depart at this time. time. So it recently came out that popular blogger, media personality, Blogzilla, someone accused him. And then a few more women came out and accused him of sexual harassment, I would say. There are stories that have come out. There are stories that I have heard that have not come out that I know are coming. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to say sexual assault because I don't remember. Yeah, I was. Gonna, I would say sexual. So assault. yeah, so I'll, I'll keep it at I'll keep it at um, sexual assault, sexual harassment, mm-hmm. and I won't take it further. Another media personality, Chris Styles, who is the host of the popular party Duce Palooza, accusations of sexual assault and rape have come out against him. Sexual Mm -hmm. assault, sexual harassment, rape. One of the other men who work with or run Duce Palooza, um, Cam, 
He was also accused of sexual assault. So there's been this whole, it was like a whole, what would you say, like a week? Has it been a, less than a week? Or Yeah, maybe less than a, well, a week by the time people listen to this. Right, right. Yeah. But yeah, but it was a heavy week of sexual assault revelations against yeah. popular black men in media, media and entertainment. entertainment. Yeah. Yep. So these are people that like people we know have worked with, have encountered, they've been on people's podcasts. These are men that like people know and fuck with. Mhm. Anytime this type of shit comes about on social media, a lot of us are reliving our own experiences with sexual assault. So it's just a lot. It's a lot to process, it's a lot to deal with. Yeah. But I thought that it was worth talking about as content creators, as producers of media, as people mm-hmm. who engage with other creators. I think that when shit like this happens, it always affirms why we don't fuck, fuck with men. Niggas. Yeah. 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 Like every single time. Mm-hmm. That was one of the thoughts that I was having because i've said this on the podcast before i think one of my missions has been to normalize the fact that many of us and i'm saying this as somebody in my 30s so like and so I'll, so i will keep it to that and i will i will stick to that so like mm-hmm. if you are over 30 chances are you know someone love someone are friends with somebody who has committed rape Sexual assault, harassment. Yep. Yep. If you are lucky, they've only done it one time. But chances are you also know a creep who's a regular, who is just a part of their life to be a sexual harasser, abuser, rapist. It's just so part of the culture. And for so many people, the reason that I say over 30, for so many people, 30 plus, we... We're not taught the language of consent. Mm-hmm. We were not taught yes or no. We were taught that it is okay to disrespect women if they have not, quote unquote, earned respect. respect. We were taught that it is okay for women to be the butt of the joke at any expense to women. So while the current climate has exposed a lot of the evils of the past and like shit that like... Shit that, like, used to be either okay or there was there was shit that I feel like in the past that was, like, niggas knew it wasn't okay, but, like, you're not going to say anything about it because, like, that's that man's business. You know what I'm saying? Like, I've mm-hmm. heard men say that about abuse and assault and the things that yeah. – the bad behavior of other men. You know? Whether friends or not, yo. Like, yeah, the they just be like group, keep, whoever it is. Like, they bugging. They wilding. Yeah. It stays at that. Yeah. Yeah, and offer them the grace and respect of, like, privacy. Like, oh, I'm going to just, you know, I'm going to leave him alone or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. At the expense of whatever woman is being abused. Because men only respect men. Like, how do you still right. respect the man's privacy? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In that space. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. that doesn't mm-hmm. even make sense. Right. So this this came out. A lot of other accusers came out, right? So, like, one will say something and then it's like, okay, great. I feel comfortable now telling my story and telling what happened or whatever. So other women have come out. With their stories of abuse, and there were men who were vocal 
on Twitter, because a lot of this took place on Twitter and Instagram. So there were men on Twitter and Instagram making these big proclamations about, I don't fuck with this type of behavior or abuse towards women, women. making all these big proclamations or Twitter threads and constant, like, I don't fuck with this one and that one and this one and that one Mm -hmm. and kind of distancing themselves from the perpetrator. Right. And not realizing that you are part of this culture still. Right. First of all, women have been saying this, right? Mm -hmm. So like, just because it's been decided by the collective community that like this is finally real now, like women mm-hmm. have been saying, hey, your man is wild, your man's a creep, your man yep. is like whatever. Like there's always a buzzing. Like yeah. none of this is, I don't know. I feel like there's always a buzzing with these niggas. There's there, always a buzzing about is. it and people are so it easy is. to dismiss it because it's a woman saying it. It's a woman saying it Nothing and nobody we say believes is real. women. Yes. Nothing we say is real. It's, it's always a myth. <laughs> Mm-hmm. It is. You know? <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. always a myth. It's annoying and frustrating. For me, it's not nice to see that these men are denouncing these other abusers or whatever mm-hmm. because someone had to be abused, right? For it to come out. Like, could we? Could men have these conversations, ongoing conversations, without there having to be sexual assault or harassment committed? Like, call that shit out mm-hmm. from jump. You know your you know your man is a creep. You know mm-hmm. it. You know that. You hear women say it. You see it. But you don't say anything. But then when there's like this this collective conversation now pointing their fingers at someone because you have now learned because of Mute R. Kelly, because of Me Too, that being a co-conspirator in this shit, you can lose your career or lose mm-hmm. whatever. Since you know that now, mm-hmm. now there's an incentive for you to fucking advocate for folks and you're not really Mm -hmm. advocating for folks you're advocating for yourself and distancing yourself from the perpetrator of the sexual violence that happened like you're not really doing anything that is conducive with eradicating rape culture Mm -hmm. you're not do you think that there's a way for men who are looking at this right now right so like niggas who be on social media and we use niggas as a gender neutral term or whatever um but i also happen to be talking about men right now but like do you think that there's a way for them who are just like coming to terms with the fact that like niggas rape people and sexually assault people and coerce people and do shit that's like inappropriate right do you think Mm -hmm. that there's a way for those men who are active on social and routinely say things is there a way for them to express their displeasure with that on the timeline Without it coming across like they are centering themselves? The men that I'm thinking of who have centered themselves in those conversations, I don't think they have the bandwidth to not center themselves. Mm -hmm. Have I seen men have these conversations without centering themselves on social media? I have. Mm -hmm. They just weren't a part of... They're generally, in my experience, not a part of the entertainment media Mm -hmm. spaces. Mm Mm-hmm. Because we still live in this system, especially in entertainment and media, where everybody wants to be put on and no one wants to be the outlier and speak out against something that's happening in that space because they Mm want to be let in. Mm -hmm. So I don't, in my experience, I have not seen that in media entertainment spaces until something happens. And now it sounds good. And that soundbite is beneficial to you to now talk about 
consent to now right. talk about these things. And it's I like that the conversation is happening. It makes me uncomfortable the way it's happening and why it's happening mm-hmm. and how a lot of these men who are having these conversations are still centering themselves, mm-hmm. you know? So, mm-hmm. like, when I have seen men who had the bandwidth, they're not the ones who are trying to get in the room like these other right. motherfuckers are. So Right, right, right. Like, a lot of those in entertainment right now are using this as an opportunity to create content. Because this was popping right now. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I like that this conversation is happening. I like that Toronto Burke has us talking about me too. I like that Mute R. Kelly is happening because it's 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 helpful for it's helpful for survivors. It's helpful for younger people to like realize that I appreciate all of this stuff pushing the conversation forward because we grew up with no means no, and that was the extent of right. that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I like that the conversation has moved forward. I like that it's talking about consent. I like that it's talking about all sexual violence, all sexual assaults, all sexual harassments. When we were younger, that was, those are very different things. Mm-hmm. Separate conversations. Right. So I do like where we have grown mm-hmm. with that, and I appreciate that. It does still make me very uncomfortable to see men still centering themselves right. in that conversation as a person who isn't talking about their own sexual violence perpetrated against themselves. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I don't know. It does make me like really fucking uncomfortable. I don't really know what to call it, but every time I see it, I'm kind of just like, anyway. do you really care (laughs) yeah it's weird it's weird like i don't need you to make it like a a a proclamation of where you stand like i don't need you to dedicate a whole post to that because i just feel like they're just saying that nigga over there is a rapist right i'm over here And (laughs) and and unfortunately like Oftentimes, that's not how it works. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, they have people around them, especially in the example of Duce Palooza, dude. Like, this is like a crew. You know what I'm saying? These are people who, like, work together. Mm -hmm. The party is thrown as a crew, as a group. So, like, like you and I, we are a crew. If you are, like, on some shit or, like, whatever shit either one of us is on, we're aware of it. Jay know what I be doing, and I know what Jay be doing. Yes. Yes. And we have to know. <laughs> yeah. And we have to know yes. so that we can p- pick up whatever slack is left from whatever mm-hmm. so that yep. we can like, you know, that I wild on certain things. I know yeah. that you wild on other things. It's mm-hmm. important that we know what those things are. And when yeah. you work with a crew, that's what it'd be like. And yeah. so it's just hard to imagine. And a lot of these things, a lot of a lot of the types of assault that men commit against Women in particular are for the power and leveraging and impressing of other men. Yes. And so oftentimes, like, your crew knows. There's always another nigga that knows that you don't know how to fucking act. Yeah. Yeah. One of the stories that a woman shared on social media was about Cam. Cam, once again, is one of the guys of... I don't know if he's a host of Duce Palooza or what, but one of those guys who works with them be up there on stage doing the thing. Yeah, he all be there. He all be there Mm -hmm. with them. So again, I I gave a content warning up top. So just another content Mm -hmm. warning. Um, This is a story of sexual assault and not a rape, but an act of sexual assault and aggression. 
So this woman is at the party. The party is over. It's winding down. She's getting ready to head out. She goes to say bye to Cam, allegedly. She gets on stage. It's the end, end of the night. She goes to give him a hug. He hugs her with one arm. She feels like, this is weird, but okay, whatever. Like the one arm hug situation instead of like, you know, I'm hugging you with two arms, what's happening? Mm -hmm. He hugs her with one arm and then with the other arm, he reaches around and pulls up her shirt, exposing her breasts, right? To all the other men on stage. Mm -hmm. And the response of the other men on stage is, oh shit, and laughing Mm -hmm. and yada, yada, yada. She was humiliated, of course, and and she includes all those other feelings in her story, which was on social media. And I feel like, and again, this is just a story that was on social media. Perhaps this is what happened. Perhaps it's not. This is not the only story that has come about. Like more stories are unfolding, more news is unfolding. So in the in the for the sake of media, I'm saying allegedly. I feel like so many of us have experienced that oh shit at the expense of our dignity, at the expense of like our respect. Like as women, like there is always at some point in your life, there's always a man or a group of men or boys or or kids or male people or whatever the fuck who think that it is okay to make some type of joke, whether it be sexual or otherwise, at your expense. Mm-hmm. And the story is such like a relatable thing mm-hmm. because we have all seen that happen. And that, oh shit, at the expense of some woman, we've seen it. We've seen it depicted in videos. We've seen it depicted in film. We've seen it. The, oh shit, some shit is ha- something funny is happening at the expense of a woman. It's like such a, it's mad common and it's always other niggas involved. And one of those niggas who said, oh shit, is on a timeline right now talking Same. about how they denounce that creep and they denounce exactly. this and they don't believe in yep. harassment or whatever. But it's always a group of yep. niggas cheering along abuse towards women, cheering yep. along in this kind of behavior until somebody else calls it out and now it's reprehensible and, it's and you're like, trying to distance themselves. Yeah. I was listening to Black Girl Podcast and Scotty Beam actually mentioned something I had been like feeling like as we watch a lot of these men on the on the on the timeline make these proclamations of distancing themselves yeah. from somebody who they used to fuck with or whatever. But she was saying a lot of victims are watching their abuser on the timeline denounce sexual assault, abuse yes. and whatever. Yep. And mm-hmm. like how triggering and how stressful it is to be somebody who has experienced abuse and maybe you haven't come out about it yet. Maybe you have chosen not to say anything so that you can live your life in whatever way is, is most comfortable for you. But like there are abusers on the timeline denouncing sexual assault and abuse and shit like that, you know? And it's just, it's just, again, it's, it's really stressful and it is, one of those things that I wish that we would talk about with a little bit more accepting that, like, this is common. This is mad common. And hopefully this is, like, this is a part of that dialogue. But I just wish that we talked more about rape, sexual assault, sexual violence in ways that weren't just about, like, the rapist dragging you into an alley and like attacking you and shit like that. It's just, yeah. it's just mad common. And mm-hmm. I don't know how rapists and abusers can talk. How can we talk about this? Like, how do we do this? 
where mm-hmm. niggas are talking about the shit that they thought was okay that's actually not okay. I guess they could just do that. Like, just fucking talk about what you thought was okay, but what you know is not okay not right okay now. Not okay now. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's, it's, I don't know. The conversation, what I got from seeing, I guess, men talk about it mm-hmm. for me was triggering because it was just so much that they just don't get. Right. <laughs> Even with the context of a lot of the stories being shared by these women I'm talking about, in particular to the, the Duce Palooza person. Mm-hmm. Chris Styles. And, yeah, just seeing conversations about, like, that's not rape. Like, he was just coercing them. And I'm like, mm-hmm. what? You know, shit like that. And I'm right. just like, you don't coerce somebody to have sex with you. Coercion right. is not seduction. Mm-hmm. Like, if you have to... In quotations, big ass air quotes, convince someone to have sex with you or coerce someone to have sex with you. That's a problem. So I saw a lot of people talking about coercion. I mean, it's just like they really think coercion is like this form of seduction. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, that's a form of grooming. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> like yeah. that's not that's not sex. Mm-hmm. That's not a consensual exchange of like, let's have sex. Let us have sex. Let's do this sex together. That's not what that is. And a lot of times, not even a lot of times, I think all times, this idea, air quotes again, of coercion is usually the perpetrator leaning into their power, Mm -hmm. dangling their power. So you're in my house. Or how you gonna get home, or you're drunk, or you know, mm-hmm. like all of these things. So, like seeing that a lot of men having that conversation couldn't even like put that shit together or understand mm-hmm. that really was just like disgusting, like really, really disgusting for me to like see, and then them not understanding that force can be not physical. Mm-hmm. Like, they really think rape is, like, physical force making you have sex. There's ways that you can forcefully have sex with someone or forcefully sexually, not have sex, forcefully rape someone, forcefully sexually harass people that has nothing to do with, like, even touching them. Mm -hmm. Like, the fact that you are someone's boss, the fact that you have the access to allow people in this party. The fact that you know that this person that you took to your house doesn't even know where they are in a fucking city. You know, like mm-hmm. there's so many ways that you can use force on a, another individual that has nothing to do with physical touch or like physically hitting someone or like any right. of that shit. And they think force is just like that physical thing. That was another thing I saw come out of the conversation. I was just like, whoa. Mm-hmm. What the fuck? Um, that, and then from a conversation that I had with my homeboy, there's another kind of disconnect where they don't, it's like niggas understand conspiracy to murder. They understand accessory to murder. They understand mm-hmm. all of that language and how you could be the person who doesn't actually pull the trigger when it comes to someone's murder. But you can be an accessory, you can be a conspiracy, you can be a part of that stuff and still Mm -hmm. end up in prison for that shit. We all understand that shit. But when women say all men are rapists, then it's like, whoa, how do you not understand 
that when it comes to rape? How do you not understand that mm-hmm. you can be an accessory in someone's sexual assault or rape? How right. do you not understand that you can be a part of the conspiracy, that you're a part of the fucking culture that mm-hmm. allows for this stuff to happen continuously? So mm-hmm. I don't get how people, can, I don't get how, and I'm talking particularly to men, how you don't, how I, this, it just always drives me crazy how they understand right. this stuff for one piece and don't understand it for another piece. It's just like how simple is is just so it's just strange. So a lot of that stuff for me, just seeing the conversation that men were having, for it to be so, in my opinion, remedial, was just like, damn, mm-hmm. damn, like. Mm-hmm. How? And we talk about this stuff all the time, and we're not the only women who talk about this stuff. Like, yeah. like these men who publicly cape for black women so hard when stuff like this happens um like we talk about this shit year round and it's like they don't listen to us until it's cute to listen to us or until they have to or until they're ready to appropriate it for their own content yeah or whatever the fuck um and yeah it's really tired the other thing that it had me thinking about in terms of like how we don't fuck with like men yeah this behavior and like this culture of sexual assault, this culture of misogyny, this culture of misogynoir, like we say it's a culture because it's embedded in like just everyday shit. Just like yeah. how how men act, how they treat women, like even the best of them still do things to center themselves and yeah. other men. So like even your male friends, your family, your brothers or whatever. Yeah oftentimes expect and require labor and sacrifice from the women in their lives, the women that they love, their their female friends, their sisters, their moms or whatever. There's like this continued expectation of labor and service, which sexual abuse, sexual assault is a part of that yeah. labor and service and sacrificing mm-hmm. of oneself for whatever desire of that man who wants whatever the fuck he wants or feels like he's entitled to. And so like just something that in terms of we've talked about this before when we talk about like how we do black feminism or how we do womanism and how there mm-hmm. are a lot of public black feminists who still align themselves with publicly align themselves with men Men. who have demonstrated a lack of care or concern for black women as a whole but they're okay with oh that's my little brother or oh he's still learning or oh yada 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 and when really like it's not my job to sacrifice myself for you for your learning it's It's not my job to like laugh at your stupid jokes and be like haha you're so stupid when your jokes are not funny or they're misogynistic or whatever the fuck and i feel like so many of us as womanists as black feminists as people who believe in the equal personhood of all people so many of us in media in particular still fuck with men who behave badly who either treat us nah, or treat us well because they think that we're a certain type of woman and they yeah. treat other women badly because those women are bitches but you're a woman or yeah. whatever the fuck i think that there are so many of us in media who still engage with those type of men and i feel like when we do that 
those who do that are co-signing a certain type of behavior because we know that their bullshit is right around the corner. And so many people are just like, oh, well, you know, if he does something I don't like, I'll just tell him or I'll just call him out on it or whatever. When you know he's going to do something because that's the type of person that they've proven themselves to be. But you don't want to be seen as somebody who doesn't like men, you know, or or. They just want in too. Like, they just want to be a part of the club too. They are people who just want to be on as well. And even if they're not in media spaces, because I I know of women, I even have women friends who are like this. They just Mm -hmm. want to be a part of the group. They don't want to be the outlier. So they succumb to that shit or they participate Mm -hmm. in that shit or they allow that shit to happen around them because they want to be a part of the boys club. It's like, I don't even think it's all about just trying to be like, you know, I still like men. Like, these people still want in. They still mm-hmm. want to be in these media spaces. And when it comes to the way the stuff works, patriarchy is fine. Mm-hmm. So they can, these men can be like this and still be successful. And if you're aligned and you're one of the cool women who was around him, then that's access for you too. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So I think mm-hmm. it's, it's a lot of that as well. Like, people like, wanting to be on, wanting to be in the rooms, or just being conditioned to think that this is just what the industry is and this is just how it's going to be. And, you know, I have these aspirations to do this. So maybe I play this game until I get to this and then I could be like, all of that shit was bullshit. You know, like, who knows? Everyone is, Mm -hmm. like, different when it comes to that. But I think it's also a part of that, like, being in industries where... This shit is okay. This shit is just now being spoken of in this way where we've always heard these things. Mm-hmm. Like always heard these things about yep. being about being in the industry. We've always heard these things. And this is, I think, the first time that conversation is like, this shit is wrong and it should not be like that. Rather than mm-hmm. it just being these whispers of like, mm-hmm, don't, don't, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh-uh, don't go down to his parties. You know, instead mm-hmm. of it being that, right. now it's like a, a, a larger call to action to be like, the way this industry runs in this way is a problem, you mm-hmm. know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I think it's, a, it's a, a lot of that people trying to play the game as well. And unfortunately, it's at the expense of other women. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if it wasn't these super popular dudes, like, would we even be talking about it? That's the other thing. I don't know. Like, if he worked at Transit and was just yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. someone in Transit that everyone knew was like that. Right. You know, like, mm-hmm. probably not. Right. You know, and it's, 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 I'm sure that these women who spoke up felt a little more empowered to speak up because of the... Convers- this ongoing right. conversation mm-hmm. that we're having which is great but this conversation isn't going to be like this forever Yeah. so what happens when this isn't the buzz mm-hmm. what happens mm-hmm. then you know right. right. I don't know I think that like how we say like we don't really fuck with men like that or I know that I don't really fuck with men like that like it's a matter of safety it's a matter of comfort. It's a matter of like protecting like my labor. It's mm-hmm. a matter of like keeping me away from like rapey niggas. It's a matter of protecting as much of my space and humanity as I can. Yeah. And I don't need to wait 
for like a story of a man doing something horrible and heinous for me to like dip. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm not going to be your friend. You're not going to be able to like say that we follow each other on social. You're not going to be able to say that like we're cool if you don't like treat me like like a friend. If you don't treat me like how you would treat like one of your your male friends who like you respect that man and shit like that. Like if you any sign of like fuckery or any sign of you trying to silence me or abuse me in any way or whatever like all of this shit is connected and feels connected it is it is i feel similar like you could just do the smallest thing as a Mm -hmm. man especially in this media space and i'm just like fuck that like i'm not fucking with that person because it's not worth the risk it's not worth the risk it's really not even worth the risk of saying i'm friends with any of you motherfuckers out loud you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I don't have any like man media space friends. Right. Really, I do have right. people. You know, people we can hit up and blah blah blah. But no mm-hmm. one who I would like. I don't really use the term friend loosely anyway. But you get what mm-hmm. I'm saying. Mm-hmm. But if if I did, I probably I'm gonna be honest. I don't even think I would say that out loud because it's only a matter of time before you fuck up. It's only a matter right. of time before you oppress somebody. It's only a matter of time because that 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 happens because mm-hmm. that's what. That's how the system is set up, and it mm-hmm. allows you to fucking move in that way and get away right. with shit. And until it is called out or heightened or your spot is blown, you're going to maneuver the world in that way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. like, it's literally only a matter of time, you know? Like, yeah. so if you are friends with a man, especially in the entertainment media space, you're kind of just waiting for the, the news to drop. <laughs> Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah. Right, right, right. It, it's just that, like, it's okay to expect shit of niggas. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's okay to have standards. It's okay to expect and demand clear communication. It's mm-hmm. okay to, when they do some shit that's whack, it's okay to they let them know, know, yo, that shit, that, that shit, shit was, was whack. It's corny. Whack and, like, me. yeah, all of that shit is okay. And I feel like we have been trained that, like, so much of what men do is, like, it's okay to like just let it slide because he didn't know any better type of shit. Like we just offered them so much grace. So much. That a lot of it happens at our own expense. And I just want to make it clear that I'm not saying that if you stay away from men, then they won't sexually assault you. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is I feel like as a community of people who have been trained under white supremacist patriarchal capitalism, we have been trained that it is okay for men to behave badly and that they don't, boys will be boys and that they don't even know any better and yada, yada, yada. So just what I'm saying is that grown ass men. Yes. (laughs) There are grown ass rapey niggas that a lot of us are friends with because Mm -hmm. they have not been rapey niggas with us but they are men behaving badly and they don't deserve our friendship and if you know that you've had to explain you've had to do the labor to explain all kind of shit to them they are probably being rapey they are probably violating somebody else they are probably disrespecting somebody else's personhood they are probably doing shit that maybe they're not sexual abusers at all maybe they're just general abuse of fucking women and their time their space their labor their energy that type of shit and i feel like we enable that shit by allowing that oh he don't know he don't he don't no 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 it's not good it's not right and then a lot of times i think when men are like trying to fucking 
dodge these bullets when we have these conversations, it's because they know they do these things. So they're mm-hmm. trying to like, uh, that's coercion. Yeah. <laughs> or like, uh-uh, all men are like, no, you know you participate in this. You know mm-hmm. you do this. Mm-hmm. Why would you be playing them fucking Matrix and like dodging all these bullets in this way right. if you knew this wasn't activity you participated in? Mm-hmm. Or your man's participation in shit. Like right. why, why all of these this like gymnastics when it comes to like just realizing that nah all y'all are fucking either sexual harassers you you sexually assaulted somebody or Mm -hmm. you're probably a rapist as well and like i don't get why actually i do get why because they're realizing that they're looking back and realizing the shit that they've done that the culture deemed normal and okay Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. actually is fucking not and rather than looking in the fucking mirror and realizing that you have perpetrated these things and that you want to evolve out of that shit you rather just fucking gaslight everyone else and say that we're being dramatic and look at all this me too shit oh you being me too too like you know like just like shut the Mm. fuck up yo Mm -hmm. shut the fuck up you know what else kind of bothers me just real quick as we wrap this up is i love the me too hashtag because it gives a name to this shit that we've been talking about but it also makes me uncomfortable when I hear men talk about, well, yeah, we know because with the Me Too movement, yes. when it's always been, we've always oh, been saying these things. We have. We've been saying these things. It's not like, a, it's like when, it's like when racists be like, well, you know, you got to be politically correct now. Like, no, you've been <laughs> being wild racist and oppressing niggas. Yeah. So, like, you know, with the Me Too movement, no, we've been saying this. Yeah, it wasn't so, and this now was you just know. Exactly. Now you just have a name for it. Now you can point to something instead of, like, gaslighting us out of, like, knowing that this thing exists. But it just really, like, you show your colors when you start talking about, well, you know, because it's Me Too movement. Like, you're showing your whole rapey hand. Yes. All You're showing it. the whole thing. Don't 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 give me too. Yeah. Like what? What are yeah. you talking about? Fuck. Fucking rapists. All of y'all. Yeah. Allegedly. Wow. <laughs> try to get allegedly. <laughs> allegedly. 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 Okay, as long as now that we got that out the way. <laughs> allegedly. They <laughs> just named the show allegedly. <laughs> All right, I think we did a fucking show. Yeah, we did a show. We did a we show. We did a motherfucking show. Be sure to follow us on all the social meds. We are on Twitter and Instagram at T with QJ. We are on Facebook and Tumblr, T with Queen and J. You can send us your T mail at T with Queen and J at gmail.com. Be sure to check out our website, T with Queen and J. Dot com. You can follow me personally on Twitter and Instagram at Janicia F. That's J-A-N-I-C. No. That's J-A-N-I-C-I-A-F. <laughs> the last F is for savings. No. Where can we follow you? I am at the Queen Speaks underscore on the Instagrams and the Twitter. Yeah. And what's your hashtag this week? My hashtag, I'm just going to go with me too. Mm-hmm. Um, hashtag me too. Shout out to Toronto Burke. Yeah. Cause y'all be liking to race her. Mm-hmm. I ain't with that shit. No. But yeah, that's my hashtag. What's your hashtag? My hashtag is say her name mm-hmm. and you okay, sis. Got it. Those are my hashtags. This podcast was created, hosted, and produced by a black girl named Naima and a black girl named Janicia. 
Tea with Queen and Jay. We turn up responsibly. Ew. What is it about President Obama that really gets under your skin? Is it because he's smarter than you? Better educated? Made it on his own? Didn't need daddy's help? Wife is more accomplished? Better looking? I don't know. What is it? What is it about him? That he's a black man that's accomplished? Game president? That he punked you on the whole birth certificate thing? What is it about him? Just wondering.